The following message is from Temple Bible Church. For more information about the church and its ministries, visit www.templebiblechurch.org. Good morning. It's good to see you here this morning as we celebrate the birth of the Savior this season. Hope that you have a Merry Christmas, and we're grateful that you are here with us to celebrate this morning. We have been encouraging folks, Gary mentioned it in a message, to read the one-year Bible. We had a hundred a week ago. Those went very quickly. We're selling them for 10 bucks a pop to cover our cost. We ordered a hundred more. They went out this week. We got a hundred more, and I've got the last one. So we're going to auction it off to start the service. No, we're not going to do that. Somebody really looking forward to that one-year Bible, and you didn't get it. Is there anybody out there? Anybody want it? Right, yep, come get it, all right, it's yours. Oh, she's sending her husband, you see that? Okay, we're going to give this to you. Listen, you can, you can order these online. Um, we're not going to have any more, but you can order these online, or I think there's even, you can't pay me for it, sorry. Um, you, you, we can only give that last one away. Um, but you can also get an app, the One Year Bible app, a great opportunity to read through the Scripture as a church together this next year. As we come this morning to celebrate, we've looked at watching for the Savior, waiting for the Savior, and now we're going to talk about welcoming the Savior. When Jesus invaded our planet, who were the people there that first Christmas when the grand announcement was made by the angels? Who were the ones that experienced that first Christmas? We'll answer those questions this morning and then... Is the Savior welcome today in your life and in your home? You know, as we talk about welcoming the Savior this Christmas, why don't we stand and welcome one another? Would you greet those around you as we begin our time of worship?
Well, good morning. This is uh, definitely the season for many special dates and parties, is it not? I mean, our December calendar just fills up so, so quickly. But I- I'm sure, let's face it, there's probably one or two of those, of those events that you wouldn't be too upset if you had to miss, right? But there's always that one. There's, there's always that one that if you missed it, you would, you would know that you missed out on something significant. Because afterwards, it set everybody abuzz in conversation. Well, one such event, no doubt, took place many centuries ago. It was the night of God's big announcement. It says in Luke 2, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them. And they were, they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will be, cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, there was a great company of heavenly hosts that appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. I wonder how far ahead of time Jesus' birth announcements went out in the HPS, the heavenly postal service, because... I mean, there was a whole host of heavenly beings that were on the list. The date had been anticipated for centuries, and now it was about to take place. And of course, everyone would be expected to adorn their finest wings, to to turn up their glory light to the, the brightest color of white. Everyone knew the hour. Everyone had learned the song. Gabriel, of course, was going to kick it all off with a solo, and then the curtain of night would, be, would separate, and a whole company of heavenly hosts would take the star-lit stage as they begin to sing, welcoming our Savior, the birth of our King, Jesus, Son of God and the Son of Man. But I have to wonder, I mean, was there perhaps that one angel that nearly missed out I mean, maybe he was busy doing something. He got tied up and he, he almost missed out on God's big announcement. I can still remember the first time I experienced FOMO, the fear of missing out. I was uh, 16 years old. We were returning from our family's camping trip that I was none too excited to have been required to attend uh, because my, my friends were all back planning a big party, a party that I might miss out on unless I could get us back on time, which maybe I could because my parents let me be the one behind the wheel of our Ford LTD station wagon with the 454 Quadrajet engine, and I'm lost in my daydreams, and my, my, my foot's getting heavier and heavier. I'm thinking about, man, I can't wait to get home, call my friends, find out when we're meeting, and my dad interrupts my dreams with, Shannon, you're doing 78 and a 55. And I'm shocked back into reality in time to see the red and whites 
begin to spin behind me, and I know I'm caught, and I'm probably not going to be going to this party because I am for sure going to be grounded. I didn't make the party. But here's the thing. I didn't miss out on much. It, it was, as we say, it was a dud. But 2,000 years ago, on that fateful night, the Savior came into the world to save it. Of all the events that will ever be remembered throughout history, this is clearly going to be one to take one of those top spots. The cast and crew must have literally been giddy with anticipation for God's big announcement to the world. I mean, think about it for a second. Never before had there ever been such a heavenly assemblage of its citizens to man. Thousands upon thousands of angels, maybe cherubim and seraphim, were ready to take their place. Their combined glory must have been nearly blinding. Their combined voices must have been nearly deafening as they sang glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. You see, the vast sea of them would have been enough to convince any onlooker that there truly is a world behind the veil of this one. And on that night, the inhabitants of that world, all the angels, they could not wait to announce God's provision of peace that has set our world abuzz in conversation and adoration for the last 2,000 years. Because you see, we really should have a healthy fear of missing out on the grandeur of God's big announcement. Would you stand as we worship?
is wrong with true repentance to forgive to endless pains justice now revokes your sentence mercy calls you His Father's throne Gather all the nations to Him Every knee shall then bow down All creation join in praising God the Father, Spirit, Son Evermore your voice is raising Joyous strains prolong. Say 
would may the tidings be which inspire your heavenly song. for that angel. Ain't seen nothing like it before or since. Us shepherds, we don't get a lot of excitement out there in the pasture. But that angel, it was so bright, so beautiful. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Sam, you've been out in that pasture just a little bit too long. And you'd be correct. But that all changed when that angel came right up to us. And the angel said, don't be afraid. I was like, too late. <laughs> and then the angel said, no, I wrote it down. I need to get this right. Hold on. Um, okay. The angel said, um, milk, bread. No, that's my grocery list. Th then the angel said, I have good news of a great joy that shall be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And then the angel said, He's lying in a manger, wrapped in cloth. Go find him. Okie dokie. So we're all sitting around, and then one of the shepherds, I think it was Steve, he's like, hey, what are we doing? Let's get out of here. Let's go to Bethlehem. So we hightailed it out of there, and we found that beautiful baby. I'll tell you, I was a different man after that. And God chose me. Nobody's ever chosen me for anything. I'll never forget what that angel said, though. The angel said, I bring good news to all people. That means you, too.
Who is this King of glory That pursues me with His love And haunts me with each hearing Of His softly spoken words And my conscience are reminded of forgiveness that I need Who is this King of glory Who offers it to me Who is this King of angels Who blessed Prince of peace Revealing things of heaven and all this mystery My spirit's ever longing For His grace in which to stand Who is this King of glory The Son of God and Son of Man His name is Jesus Precious Jesus, the Lord Almighty, the King of my heart, the King of glory. Who is this King of glory? With strength and majesty, and wisdom beyond measure. Gracious King of Kings, the Lord of earth and heaven, the creator of all things, Who is this King of glory, is everything to me.
You, uh, you know my name, but there's really a lot more to my story than you probably ever realized. You see, I was given the greatest privilege to be the first to witness God's entry into this world. And, and you might be thinking to yourself, why him? Why Joseph? He seems so, so ordinary. And you'd be right. I, I, I was just a, a carpenter, a craftsman of sorts. I made a living by, by building tables and carts and doors and windows, a trade that I learned from my father. And it's really all I knew and, and really all I allowed myself to think about until that day that my dad sees me staring off into the distance and says, hey, Joe, Joe, so uh, what do you think of Mary over there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I know. I've, I've, I've seen how you dust yourself off real quickly when you see you're coming down the street. I mean... She would make a fine wife, I mean, to somebody, am I right? I'm thinking, wow, I, I had no idea that my, that my dad knew me so well. I mean, she, Mary was, was amazing. She, there is no doubt she would make quite the catch for some guy. Well, it wasn't long before my, my dad set off to make marriage arrangements I mean, that's the way it was done back then. There wasn't any, any, any dating, any going to the prom, no dinner and a, and a movie. Our parents took care of all that. I just had no idea that my dad, that he knew my secret. Because through the years, I, I, had, I had grown quite fond of Mary as we grew up around one another. I, I loved her humility, her, her kindness towards others, her determination and she had this cute little dimple when she smiled. Well, let's just say she wasn't hard on the eyes. Well, our, our engagement was a, a public ceremony. And for all practical purposes, uh, it was as legally binding as marriage. Well, not long after our engagement, Mary went to spend several months with her cousin, Elizabeth. And when she returned, I was in for the shock of my life. She pulled me aside and and she just looked at me and she says, Joseph, I've got something to tell you. I'm with child. With, with child. Pre- you're, you're telling me you're pregnant? By whom? I mean, you could have knocked me over with a feather. I was furious. I was hurt. I felt so betrayed by, by this woman that this woman that I loved. I mean, I knew I would never be a wealthy man, but I was committed to being a faithful man, a trustworthy man. Now everyone who would look at me would see me differently, through no faults of my own. What were you thinking, Mary? I heard her defense. She told me how the Holy Spirit had come upon her and caused her to conceive. But it was so unbelievable. It took every bit of patience just for me to hear her out. I didn't know what to think. I didn't know what to feel. I didn't know what to do, to do. I mean, no one, no one would have blamed me if I chose to put her, to to divorce her publicly. But I knew, I knew if I did, she would never marry. I mean, no man would have her. And the truth is, 
I still loved her. And so I sent her away quietly. (laughs) And that night, as I tried to sleep that night, I had a vision. (laughs) An angel came and spoke to me. He confirmed everything that Mary had said. And he says, Joseph, don't be afraid to to move forward with with your mother. She's not been unfaithful to you. The child that she carries was placed there by the Spirit of the Almighty God. She's going to give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. You you can imagine that the next morning, I mean, at the crack of dawn, I headed over to find Mary and to beg her forgiveness for being such a fool. And she just looked at me, those big brown eyes, and says, Joseph, of course, of course I forgive you. This, this, was Mary, this was the woman I knew, the woman that I loved. And now we both knew what God was calling us to do. And we knew it wasn't going to be easy. Because the moment she began to show, that's when the whispers, that's when the gossip, the finger pointing was all going to begin. But in spite of that, we trusted God and we were wed. Well, not long after our, 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 our wedding, and really only weeks before the baby was to be born, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census was to be taken of the entire Roman world. Every family was to return to its town of, of its forefathers. And for us, that was Bethlehem. It was going to be an 80-mile journey. And this was going to happen right at the time that the baby was to be born. It was a week-long journey, and on that last day, Mary's contractions begin. (laughs) We were going to have a baby. We had just arrived in Bethlehem, and I didn't know what to do. I'm knocking on doors trying to find some place for us to stay, and everything was full. I mean, everything was full? I mean, maybe you're more spiritual than I am, but I'm thinking, God, I mean, surely you had a plan for all this. Didn't you think about this? Finally, somebody showed us a, a, a small cave where the animals were kept uh, so they'd be safe at night. And it was, it was damp, it was cold, it, it definitely wasn't very clean, but it was going to have to do. And then the, the time came. God was coming into this world, whether we were ready for him or not. Well, it seemed like that night moved on like an eternity the smell, the stench of, of wet sheep, the, 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 the cries of my wife, the sounds of the animals moving about and baying as if, they, as if they understood what we were going through. And then there was one final scream, and all became so quiet, so calm. And I remember thinking, I don't want to, I don't want to forget a moment of what takes place this night because here in my, in my arms, our child was here. And I didn't know what to do. So I I counted his fingers, 10 fingers, check, and 10 toes, good, two eyes, and two ears, and a mouth that definitely wants its mama. And I knew he needed his mother, but but it was as if in that moment, I I just was frozen, pondering so many questions as I stared into the face my long-awaited Savior, of, of our long-awaited Savior, as I gently placed him 
at Mary's breast, I couldn't help but ask the question, why? Why me? I'm such an ordinary man. Why would God choose such an ordinary man to do something so extraordinary? It all just seems so, so strange. Must have been surprised at where this road had taken him. Cause never in a million lives would he have dreamed Bethlehem. And standing in the manger. He saw with his own eyes the message from the angel come to life. And Joseph said, why me? I'm just a simple man of trade. Why him with all the rulers in the world? Why him? Inside this stable filled with hay Why her? She's just an ordinary girl And now I'm not one to second guess What angels have to say But this is such a strange way To save the world Think of how it could have been If Jesus had come as he deserved There would have been no Bethlehem No lowly shepherds at his birth But Joseph knew the reason Love had to reach so far And as he held the Savior in his arms He must have thought, why me? I'm just a simple man of trade Why here with all the rulers in the world? Why here? Inside this stable filled with hay Why her? She's just an ordinary girl And now I'm not one to second guess What angels have to say But this is such a strange way To save the world Now I'm not one to second guess What angels have to say 
This is such a strange way to save the world. And this is such a strange way to save the world. Listen. If I'd known then what I know now, there would have been room in my inn. Oh, hey, I would have given up my own bed. But I didn't know. How could I know, right? Now, Bethlehem was so full of people. I mean, the government, they, they, you know, made everybody in the world go back to the hometown and register. You know, government has to have the money. And since nobody wants to stay with their in-laws, I'm full. I remember that day. We, um... We were full before dinner time, and now it's two, three hours after dinner when they show up. Talk about desperate. He, he was exhausted and scared, and she, oh, she was about to burst. And as they're approaching my place, I'm thinking in my head, I know what I'll say to them. I'll say, I'm sorry, we don't have room. But by the time they get there, they just stand for a minute, gather their thoughts. He looks down, he's thinking. I notice she winces ever so slightly in pain. And he looks at me and he says, please. That's all he said, please. Let me tell you a story. I'm five years old, right? I'm helping my mother set the table. I noticed that she has one too many plates. So I say to her, Ma, you got one too many plates. You know, and she says back to me, you never know who may show up. I look at her like, what? She walks over to me. She says, you never know who God may bring your way. You always make room. <laughs> so... I look back at the couple and I say to them, I don't know where we'll put you, but we'll make room for you. And we did. It wasn't the nicest room, but it's all I had to give them. Mom was right. You always make room.
choir sings And all the world will see My soul magnifies the Lord My soul magnifies the Lord My spirit rejoices in God my Savior Spirit rejoices in God my Savior. He has done great things for me. And down through the ages, His mercies never cease. Shepherds welcomed him. Joseph welcomed him. The innkeepers welcomed him. And there's no doubt his mother welcomed him. It, you know, it had to be an interesting time in Mary's life. Uh, one day she's planning and preparing for her wedding, and the next day, and we don't know how it takes place, the scriptures don't tell us, but we don't know if she's sitting in her home or if she's out in the street. We're not sure, but Gabriel appears to her. And the script of her life has forever changed. Everything is totally different. She would no longer be the young girl in the streets of Nazareth, but now, now she would be Mary, the mother of Jesus. Everything changed just like that. You know, I've often wondered when that angel first appeared to her, if she worried, if she fretted, if she was upset, and she certainly wanted to know how it was going to happen. She asked that of Gabriel. How can this be since I'm a virgin? And when we think about Jesus being welcome into our world, we do think about all these different characters of Christmas. 
I mean, it's part of the script, it's part of the life, it's part of the scriptures, it's part of what we've learned since we were children. And my mind often goes to Mary herself. The song that you just heard is a song that uh, she sang when she saw her cousin Elizabeth, when she came into her presence. And what we know about Mary is very little, actually, from her past, but we do know about the region she lived in, and we know about the culture that day. She was probably young. Girls were betrothed when they were in their mid-teens, so she would be 15, 16 years old. She was probably poor because Nazareth was a blue-collar community and was not a place of extreme wealth. And she was probably illiterate because young Jewish girls, especially in the region of the Galilees, didn't get an education. And she probably had little experience. It's doubtful that she ever ventured outside of that area around the Sea of Galilee, much less out of Israel. So... Here she is, she is poor, she's pregnant, but she's praising God. If she had worry at the beginning, it's turned into worship. Now, when she comes to Elizabeth, the words you just heard from that song are, my soul exalts, my soul exalts in the Lord. It's a word of praise, it's a word of thanksgiving, it's a, it's a word of worship, and now Mary is a worshiper. In fact, in that little section called Mary's Magnificat, we find 17 attributes of God mentioned. So although she might not have been educated, and although she might not have wealth, and although she might not have attended theological schools, she knew the scriptures. And it's to this poor young lady that God says, you're going to bear my son. Now you fast forward from the time of the announcement when Gabriel appeared to her to the time of birth. And at the time of birth, as we know, it occurred in just a makeshift stable. It, it was a place Bethlehem was so full that, as you saw in the video with the innkeeper, that uh, he just provided a small place for her. And it's just a stable, a stable that stinks, a stable that was filled with animals, a stable that didn't have a whole lot of hay, as we picture in our scenarios. And probably Jesus was laid not in a wooden trough with hay and straw, but probably in a, in a rock-hewn cradle, if you will, just a rock that had been uh, hewn out so that a baby could be placed in it with a blanket. And that's our Savior of the world. I love what one author says, majesty in the midst of the mundane. That's the incarnation. Majesty in the midst of the mundane. If somehow we could have been transported back to that time and looked in that stable, I think there are several things that we would probably see. I mean, there was not a more lowly place of birth. If we looked over in one corner, we would see the shepherds who had come hustling through the fields, and we would see them over there as they had come to the baby and worshipped him. And maybe they're on the side speaking to Joseph. Joseph's eyes have to be heavy. I mean, it's been an 80 to 90 mile walk from the Galilee region to Bethlehem. And as he's there and the birth has taken place, the adrenaline has now passed. You know, all of a sudden he's got to be weary. The shepherds leave. Joseph fights sleep. His eyes get heavy. And finally they close. And now she's left alone with her baby. Not her baby, but their baby. Their baby. And Mary holds in her hands the Savior of the world. It is a strange way to save the world. 
It's hard to even imagine, to contemplate, to think about. I mean, what kind of plan was this? And as Mary looks down at those little hands, hands that had sculpted a universe in eternity past, she peered into those eyes, eyes that would one day give sight to the blind, but were now straining just to see his mama. She looked at those feet, feet that would one day trudge a Roman hill to be offered as a sacrifice. I'm sure she looked at those tiny hands as well. And as his mother welcomed her baby into the world, mother looked at her baby. It's amazing. It's a miracle, really. That out of all the people on our planet at this point in time, the one who understood most what God was doing was this poor, poor young lady who he had chosen to be the mother of his son. It was on this night and in this way among those people, that God's Son was welcome into our world. So this morning you've seen the welcoming of the angels, and you've seen the welcoming of the innkeeper, and the welcoming of the shepherds, and the welcoming of Joseph, and the welcome of Mary, but here's the question I've got to ask you. Have you personally welcomed into your life? Have you welcomed into your life as your Lord, as your Savior for the forgiveness of your sins, as Have you made that welcome known to him, requested of him, been forgiven by him? And many of you have, and my question for you is, is he welcome into your home this holiday season? Is he just a stranger at the celebrations that you have at Christmas time? A character kind of left in the background, not really put on display? Is the name of Christ mentioned? Is he honored? Is he revered? Is he worshiped? in your home? Is he welcomed there? You see, in that first century, he was welcomed by a strange cast of characters. People you might not expect if the king of glory were to be ushered into this world. But he's welcomed by those that God deemed to be the ones to say, this is my son. Would you welcome Jesus the Messiah, the Savior, first into your own life this day, trusting him for the forgiveness of your sins. And then, as you celebrate his birth this week, as you gather in your homes with friends and family, would you make sure that he is the one who's welcomed? Would you make sure that he is the one who is central? Would you make sure he is the one that is honored? You know, it's only fitting that we worship him the one who came as a babe who gave his life on our behalf, who became the faithful one, the one that we should welcome not just today, but every day. Let's welcome him each day. It's only fitting we conclude by worshiping him, by worshiping the one who gave himself, came into our world, invaded our world. It's only proper that we adore him, that we see him as the light that came into our world. So let's conclude by worshiping him, by honoring him, by glorifying him, by lifting him up, and by saying this is our welcome to you, into our hearts, into our lives, into our families, into our world. Let's stand and conclude in worship together.
the newborn King. Let our voices sing Him our praises. Hail, hail to the guiding light that brought us to life.